time, and we welcome in Nick Gosnell. Thank you very much, Rob. In studio with us this morning is Dr. Erica Miller with Apple Lane Animal Hospital. Good morning, ma'am. Good morning. All right. Well, let's start with the the holiday that nobody talks about <laughs> when we talk about holiday stuff, but it's become an American holiday, no matter who's playing, but especially so much uh, for this part of the country. Super Bowl coming up on Sunday, so... Just like we talk about at Christmas and Thanksgiving and any other time when you get people together that aren't normally together, make sure that the pets and the people both know about each other and kind of how to act. (laughs) Yes. So, um, yes, same that we talk about with the other holidays. Um, Some pets are super excited about having guests over, um, you know, want to be center of attention, um, get all the love and pets and attention. But um, there are some dogs, and I had one of those that just was super anxious with any change in the house. So new people over, she just pant, pace, just did not, did not like change. She just likes, you know, quiet little family and that's it. So um, thinking about that in your pet, if they are not used to a lot of people um, and, you know, Super Bowl gets pretty rowdy in our house. So (laughs) those parties do get kind of crazy. So you may think about either, you know, shutting your pet in their crate if they have one or in a bedroom where they're not bothered. Um, That'll just kind of help keep their nerves at ease right and and the thing about it is is you can have your pet in the crate and still have people interact too depending upon where it is sure yeah um I mean, that's a, I'm just thinking back to uh, some of my days in Topeka visiting friends that had pets, and, and the pets were more comfortable in the crate. Yes. Um, but that didn't mean you couldn't, you know, that be familiar yes. and that kind of a thing. Yes. Still talk to them, you know, give them a little attention. Um, yeah, most dogs that are crate trained actually um, view their crate as a safe space. So my dog that does not like a lot of people in change, um, she actually would put herself back in the bedroom, back on her bed when she was just not sure about everything. And same with people, right? So um, there's introverts and extroverts and, you know, some of us just don't like big crowds and lots of people um, and others do well with it. And so um, also crating may be a good idea because at the Super Bowl um, parties, there's generally lots of food, different types of food and drinks and people that may or may not have pets may not think, hey, I shouldn't put my plate down here on the floor. (laughs) Um, So sometimes crating is good to prevent your pet from getting into things that they shouldn't, that they don't don't normally have access to as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's so much much sweets and soups and all that kind of stuff that people have as part of Super Bowl parties. And I'm sure that there will be people with the, um, with the, the Travis Kelsey sugar cookies and those kind of <laughs> yeah. things too. Uh, and, and all of that, it's just whenever your pet gets something to eat that isn't normal for their digestive system, you're not sure what it's going to do. Yeah. So most of the time pets are just used to their normal diet. So um, anything outside the ordinary can definitely cause um, GI upset, vomiting, diarrhea, and you know, who wants to deal with that the day after the Super Bowl? (laughs) Right. Exactly. Well, and that reminds me of the other holiday that's coming up in less than a week, which is Valentine's Day. And uh, we always talk about chocolate and dogs, but 
in speaking generally, even any unfamiliar food is not good. Right. Yep. So um, definitely Valentine's Day. Chocolate is a big thing because that's one of the biggest things that's gifted. Um, but also, and we tend to kind of forget about, but, you know, xylitol is more popular now. All those sugar-free drinks, treats, candies, um, gum. And so um, xylitol can, in our pets, drop their blood sugar very low where we can be getting seizures and those kinds of things. So um, definitely chocolate, those candies, especially if they're sugar-free, be keeping an eye on those. Um, and I will bring up, because I always feel like our, our little cat friends get left out a lot right. because they tend to not get into things as much as dogs, I guess. Um, but thinking about cats for Valentine's Day, flowers are very, very, very common. Mm. Um, and with our cats, um, lilies are very, very toxic to cats. Um, every part of the lily, the pollen, um, the stem, the leaf, the petals, um, and cats can go into kidney failure with lilies it's it's it is a big thing and I think we don't talk about it probably enough and you know mm. the new bouquet on the on the table cats tend to get up there want to explore it and even if they brush by and get pollen on their coat and then they turn and are grooming themselves even just that pollen can put them into kidney failure sure and um that's important too and that's not as far away as it might seem because easter is early this year so that's late march mm -hmm. so yep. that's before we would meet again yes yeah uh, and so, so if you have cats at home and you get flowers be you know be very cautious and make sure there's nothing in that bouquet um that could be harmful to them I know that it is hard when you are the one vet, and that's where you still are at Apple Lane. To sometimes you just have to say, "Hey, um, I'll call you back," or "I'll have one of the texts answer a question," or something like that, in a way that maybe you don't you don't ideally want to do, but you have to do that. Sometimes. Yes. Yep. Yes, I'm still the only full time veterinarian. I do here and there have a couple reliefs that come in. Um, you know, a day or two every week, which has been nice and helped some. Um, but yes, still the only one. So um, a lot of times, if you're calling with questions, um, I'm in and out of rooms or surgeries. And so, yes, my technicians are very capable of either, you know, I say, hey, um, I need you to tell them this, 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 and they relay that message. And um, we have to remember too, so my registered technicians, they went through extra schooling um, to be where they are and and so they are fully capable of answering a lot of common questions. Right and uh, maybe I should talk about the surgery piece too because uh, in veterinary practice unlike people it's not like you have uh, 17 different specialists. You do have specialist veterinarians but but, mm -hmm. but you do a but you do a lot of things um, in a vet practice all in one shop that uh, that you <laughs> yeah. go to several different places for as a human. Yes. Yep. So we do general surgeries, um, you know, dental cleanings, all those kinds of things, along with, you know, our, our general practice medicine. So um, obviously, um, veterinary medicine has specialists too. So cardiologists, um, orthopedic surgeons, internal medicine, those kinds of things. So just like you see, uh, you know, your regular doctor, sometimes you have to be referred and that's where we are too. 
Right. And so when we talk about uh, doing uh, the general surgery, what do you, what do you typically do in a in a day when you do do surgery um so generally a, a lot of space neuters um mass removals um you know pulling socks and things out of stomachs of dogs and puppies that eat things they shouldn't um basically those those kinds of things sure and so because when when you end up doing that um the the space and neuters you schedule, but the things where you're pulling yeah. something out of somebody's stomach—that's that's like uh, that's yeah. like it, that needs done right now. Yes. And yep. so you'll end up having to maybe reschedule some folks because you're like, I have an emergency yes. right now. Yes. Yep. So sometimes it happens where an emergency comes in, um, and the surgery needs to be done that day, and so we either have to push some, you know, space, and we have to remind people sometimes that space and neuters—they're um, elective procedures, and I know it stinks sometimes because you scheduled out of your day and, you know, had to drop your pet off. But, um, you know, sometimes there's procedures that are definitely more critical and need to be done. Um, and so we have to push some elective surgeries. But we try to remind people if it was your pet in that situation, you know, you would you would want this in. And the majority of our clients are very understanding, right? They they don't want anything to happen to someone else's pet either. Right. And that's, uh, that's so important because there's... Uh, they're just just like any other practitioner you have things that come up every day and and you end up having to shuffle uh shuffle schedules because of that now that said if you have regular checkups and things like that to do how far out do they need to be calling you still um so i know just schedule wise just your regular wellness exams vaccines were booked i think three weeks out because i'm by myself so um but as a reminder um clients do get reminders a month before their appointment so if you're calling when you get your reminder um, you're going to get scheduled for you know the day your reminder says your pet is due for vaccines Um, and so follow your reminders you get them early enough to schedule with us if you're like waiting to the day your reminder was like hey your your pet's due on february 9th for vaccines and you wait till the 8th you're not (laughs) you're not getting in on the 9th um we're booked booked out quite a ways okay so if people need to do that they can just give you guys a call as soon as they get that reminder and and get on the schedule yes Mm -hmm. okay and uh what are, what are the open hours and, and details on that and so people know when to call you and, and when they can get free? Yep. So the clinic opens at 7.30. Doctor's appointments don't start till 8.30, but our receptionists are there at 7.30 to answer phone calls from overnight or schedule appointments, intake surgery patients. Um, we are also open through the lunch hour. I think some people don't always realize that, but there's always a receptionist over the lunch hour and we're there till 5.30. We talked about dental care a little bit, I think, the last time you were in a couple months ago, but I wanted to go back to it because uh, I just know how important it is that your pets don't hurt, and this is one of the ways that it happens the most. Yes, so um, it is definitely one of the most common um, causes of as Dr. Smith was said, unnecessary pain and discomfort in our pets. So um, 
I always tell people, so think about us when we just have a cavity and how kind of annoying and painful that is. Um, and we're able to say, oh man, my tooth hurts. I really need to call the dentist. And so, you know, our pets are not able to communicate with us um, like we can with each other. And so, um Generally, if you're not bringing in your pet regularly to their veterinarian um, for regular checkups, um, your veterinarian is going to be looking in that mouth, looking at the teeth, um, seeing, you know, what the gums look like, all of that. Um, and that's where that dental disease is generally going to be diagnosed. If if we've gotten to the point where you're coming in because you're saying, man, you know, my pet now is is dropping food or only eating on one side, only taking treats from one side, um, that means your pet has more serious or advanced dental disease if they're actually showing you um, that they're that uncomfortable. So um, I know we stress it all the time, but having your pets um, see their veterinarian regularly um, is a big part of this. So when you say regularly, are you talking once a year, twice a year? How often? Um, so definitely once a year for all pets. Um, and it, it kind of depends per veterinarian, but our senior pets, um, you know, nine, 10 and older, we like to see them every six months. And that's just because there's so many things as they're getting older that can, can happen in six months. And if we go by how everyone says, you know, uh, one human year is seven years for our pets. And so um, six months is, is three and a half years for them. So. Sure. And it's what you're trying to do is find changes and mitigate them as best possible. Yes. So I want to see your pet when they have, um, you know, there's there's four stages of, of dental or periodontal disease. And um, stage one is where we're just getting some, some tartar and plaque. And that's when we want to clean the teeth. Just like we go to the dentist every six months, we want to be getting our teeth cleaned and scaled um, before we get to the point where we're getting like cavities or really bad dental disease. So um, you know, stage four, stage three dental disease, we're generally not just going in there for a cleaning, but we're setting our owners up for the high likelihood that your pet is probably going to have extractions as well. Well, and are there situations where extractions change what food you can feed them and those kinds of things too? Does it get, does it get that bad? Um, so, I mean, if, if periodontal disease has gotten that bad, um, we do have some pets that we almost have to do full mouth extractions. And, and a lot of it is so, um, that tartar and calculus almost, starts to act like cement when it's in there. And so it's really thick on those teeth. And once we get in there and we're like cleaning, um, the dental disease has been so bad over time that it's caused gum recession. Um, and our gums are what hold our teeth and the roots of our teeth in place. And so um, generally, once we get that tartar and calculus off, then the teeth are mobile, they're diseased, and they're either falling out or they're barely holding on and we're taking them out. Okay. And so the m bottom line is the, the earlier that you can catch this, the 
fewer teeth you have to take out and the better off their quality of life is going to be. Yes. So um, I always say my dogs all get a dental cleaning once a year. Um, And because I want to be doing that cleaning to where I'm hoping every year I'm not having to extract any teeth. So when my dog is, you know, 16 years old, maybe it's only lost, you know, a couple of its 42 teeth versus it's 16 years old and it has zero teeth. Right. And that's so hard on um, on an owner when you see that they hurt and they're dropping food or eating on one side and so on. Yes. And and if we're getting to that point, you know, a lot of times then and that's a big thing. So dental cleanings should be more looked at as like a preventative um, as opposed to if if they're to the point where either they're not eating because their mouth hurts so bad or um, we don't always think about the infection um, that that bacteria on that tartar and plaque causes. I mean, we can start to see heart issues, liver issues, kidneys from that chronic bacteria um, that's being shed in the mouth every day. And so um, we definitely want to be cleaning regularly so that we can save those teeth. They're not uncomfortable. And, you know, a lot of times if they're coming in and they're in stage three or four, then then they're sick and they're not feeling well either. And so, um, you know, then we have to look at blood work, you know, is anesthesia safe for them at that point? So as opposed to when they're healthy and we're just doing a cleaning. The weather, we never know exactly what it's going to do, <laughs> but if you took the quote unquote winter off of anything related to um bug related preventative stuff you probably need to start it again yep it's time to start back up so um i know it used to be around here um and definitely when i was a lot younger that people would take you know five six months off in the winter of preventative medicines and preventive medicine your your heartworm your flea and tick um and i had someone just the other day say you know okay um you know, I took the winter off and, you know, that's okay. Right. And, um, so when do I need to start that? And, you know, my comment was, um, winter started the end of December for me, at least. So like December, Christmas day was beautiful out. Right. Um, and so really, I feel like winter here, um, has been the last month. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's already so 67 today is what we're looking at. So it's starting to get nice out. Um, let's get on flea and tick and heartworm preventative now. And remember, we call it a preventative because we'd much rather start now than um, be coming in because we have a flea infestation and then trying to play catch up and start the meds late. I feel like I should clear my throat just as a reminder that allergies happen too. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And and yes, we got that really nice, really hard freeze where everything went away. Well, now everything's starting to come back. We're not, we're not there yet, but. Yes. And we have started to see a few itchy dogs and, um, and that's the thing. Things are starting to bloom. They're getting green again. So, um, if your pet is an allergy dog, be on the lookout for, um, that itchiness starting because it's, it's coming. All right. And uh, one, something I don't think I've ever asked you straight out, um, how often should a dog be groomed to make sure that you can see what you need to see from a health standpoint? Um, and that definitely depends on the breed. So um, 
I had always had dogs that did not need to be groomed, and we have an eight-month-old um, Yorkie puppy, which a Yorkie is a type of breed that has to be groomed, and so um, he goes every six weeks like clockwork to get groomed, so his hair's not getting matted, um, it's not getting in his eyes, and so definitely uh, breed-related, so something to talk with your veterinarian about, and, and definitely with your groomer for those breed standards on grooming types. Right, because I, I saw a poor missing pupper on Facebook the other day that one of the groomers reached out on social media. They're like, hey, uh, until you find the owner, can we help this dog yeah. out? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Because there are just some that... Uh, that it, it's just like if you don't get a haircut, they uh, it, it can really affect their quality of life, especially when it was 20, so that's yes. fine. That's why mm-hmm. they got that thick coat, yes. and then now it's almost 70. Yes, and, and definitely so, you know, I live more outside of town and we have tall weeds and grass and so my Yorkie likes to run around in that and we'd be pulling stickers and weeds and all sorts of things out of the hair if we didn't keep him short and so you know Yorkies can also have long hair but those tend to be the ones that are used for like showing breeding and you know they have kind of the inside life so definitely depends on um, your lifestyle again um, and the breed right and uh We talked about cats just a little bit in the first segment with regard to some of the danger of plants and so on. Um, What about if... If something gets ingested that shouldn't be, whether some, uh, mm-hmm. whether there's, uh, I don't know, rose petals, or I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of an, uh, imagine a situation where, where a curious puppy or kitty would go, hey, I wonder if I can eat this. <laughs> um, yeah. So. <laughs> Cats eat things they shouldn't too, and kittens. So, you know, they always show kittens with like a ball of yarn, um, and they're like, oh, it's so cute playing with a ball of yarn. If you're a veterinarian, you're like, oh my gosh, like this is terrible because um, cats like to swallow string and yarn and things like that. And um, when that gets into the intestines, the intestines can't grab it to push it through, and so it gets stuck. Um, And then, you know, the dog eats the sock and things that get stuck, the cat eats the string and things like that. So um, there are mischievous cats and kittens that eat things they shouldn't too that also have to have surgery to get things taken out. 